Some people live on purpose, and some just respond to what the world delivers. A life purpose is not something you do or something you have. Rather, what you do is an expression of your life purpose. Having a life purpose guides all your choices and shapes the direction of your life. It is your unique GPS. It is the compelling reason to be who you authentically are. And in this Rewind episode, we're going to be talking with one of my favorite guests, Miss Sharon Jameson, high energy guest, as she shares on how to shift into living authentically on purpose. I'm so excited today that we have an awesome guest today. Our guest today is an inspirational speaker, minister, life strategist, entrepreneur, and author. For over 25 years, she has passionately encouraged people to transform their lives physically, emotionally, and spiritually. From her initial work as a personal trainer and owner of a fitness club, to her work as a licensed minister, she has motivated people to love, honor, and appreciate who they are and to embrace all that they can be. Sharon earned a Bachelor of Arts degree from Hampton University in Hampton, Virginia. She earned a Master's of Business Administration from Nova Southeastern University and is currently pursuing her Master's of Divinity degree at the Interdenominational Theological Center in Atlanta, Georgia. She is a passionate speaker, seasoned facilitator, and an emphatic life coach, a business professional, a certified personal trainer, and a licensed minister, a proud mother, and the author of the book, I Can Depend on Me. Her new book, I Have Learned a Few Things, was released in March of 2015. Sharon, I have a quick question for you. Are you ready to shift some mindsets and shift some lives? I am ready to shift excited about it. Thank you. Well, thank you for joining me on today's show. And we are going to tag this theme for the show today. And that is live on purpose. Yes, live on purpose. And I think that is so important because so many times people don't live on purpose. They do whatever they think they want to do without really understanding what they were designed to do and anointed to do. So I think living on purpose is where your power lies, like you said. So I'm excited to be a part of this conversation. Awesome. Awesome. So I've given a a brief introduction of who you are. Why don't you share with the listening audience a little bit more information about your background and about your family life and also about your current business? Thank you so much for the opportunity. I am a life coach and a mentor and a mom, and I am passionate about helping people navigate life's transitions. It's really interesting, Marquis, that I work so many times with clients 
between the ages of 35 and 55. And that's a time where many people are really reevaluating their life. They're really thinking about what they learned and what they're doing. And most people sometimes find that they're not happy, that they're not fulfilled. So I work with them to get comfortable about accepting their real truth, not what they have been taught, but really what they feel inside of their hearts and their spirits and help them claim their power so that they can make the changes that they need to make in their careers, in their faith, in their health. Um, so I help people make those those transitions because transitions and changes are always very uncomfortable. So I give them some support and guide them and navigate them so that they could live the life that they want to live, a life that they desire and deserve. But like you already said, live a life on purpose and you only live your life on purpose when you're living from a place of integrity and from a place of self-mastery and self-truth. So I work with clients um, to help uh, to help them live their life on purpose. And I really, really enjoy it. And it's nothing like seeing a person come to you uh, one way and leave renewed and restored and revived. So I look, I always feel motivated just to see their transformation and it helps me be more committed to my own transformation. Awesome. You know, you, you, you mentioned that you look forward to people, you know, coming to you and giving them sound advice, giving them some coaching, which not all the time is coaching, telling individuals what to do, but coaching is really helping individuals to really pull outside of themselves what they already have to give them the solutions that they need in order to move forward. And so one of the things, you know, you are my first um, guest who really had all of these different types of things going on in your life as far as being a mother and an author, an entrepreneur, as well as a career professional. You know, how has all of those things helped to inform you and helped you, uh, help you to identify what your purpose and passion is? That's a, such a good question. It's interesting. I think as I have, I'm almost 50, and what I have learned is that I'm starting to see the pieces of my puzzle of my life come together. And when I think about my what I do in my professional life, as well as my spiritual life, I've always been involved in helping people get clarity. Mm-hmm. I, I seem to have a knack for asking the hard questions. And I love what Socrates says, that an unexamined life is not worth living. So I help people examine their lives and ask the hard questions, because many times people have not done a lot of deep self-reflection to really understand who they are, but also to understand who they are not. And so, so many times people just acquiesce and just, they just go along with labels and limits that society or friends and family place on their lives. So I help people answer some of the questions. I probe, I help them discover who they are. I help them understand their truth and also to stand in their power because so many times people in their hearts know who they are and what they want. But for some reason, they are scared to say it out loud. They are scared to claim what they really truly desire in their hearts. And so I work with people to help them through that process. And if I look at my personal life, my professional life, even as a life coach, I have consistently been doing the same thing. So that's why I know I've been really guided to do this type of work because I've always been a trainer, teacher, transformer. I don't care if I was a 
as working with their bodies, their minds, or their careers. It's been the same type of work. So I, I, I got the message a couple of years ago that this is what I should be doing. And even if I'm doing it in different forms, this is my life's work. And I'm really excited to find my life's work and to do it because I feel passionate about it. But I also it also makes my heart sing. And that's when you know you're working in your purpose, when it makes your heart sing, when you would do something for free, and when you find your genius zone. And I think helping people really claim their own power and understand who they are is my genius zone. And I'm really excited to be able to do what I do um, and walk in my own power and to feel like I'm doing something that I was absolutely divinely created to do. Yeah, I like that term you use, your genius zone. You know, we all have these zones or uh, proclivities that are specifically assigned to us. I like the question, you know, what comes natural to you? but hard to other people, you know, because we all have a skill set or a talent that speaks to what we are supposed to offer to the world. And I like to tell people all the time that we all know what our purpose is. I think that we know what our purpose and what our passions are and what our level of significance is at a very early age. But what happens is, is that we allow life to bury that purpose. And then when we become adults, we're not clear because we have to uncover, not discover. We have to uncover all the things that have uh, pretty much buried our purpose so that we can get back to the true center point of who we really are. And so, you know, that's a good question to ask yourself. Those of you who are listening on today is what do you believe your genius zone is? That's a great, great, great term uh, to use. What do you believe your genius zone is? And so how has knowing your purpose, Sharon, enhanced your life and your business? I think for me, understanding my purpose has really given me direction. I think so many times is that we get scattered and in scattered people don't have power. But since I understand what I am designed to do and I understand my genius zone, I'm able to not only work on things that come naturally, but also seek out different types of uh, continued training so I can continue to sharpen my skill. Because even though it's your purpose and a skill, every skill needs to be sharpened. That's right. I spend a lot of time just trying to make sure my questioning techniques are uh, are the techniques that help people hear their own truth. Because as a, as a coach, we don't, as a, a counselor tells you something, a coach guides you. And the best way to guide people are to ask them questions that they already, like you said, already know the truth down in their hearts and help people look at their lies from a 10 foot, like I said, 10,000 foot level. Because your life always leaves clues to your greatness. It always leaves clues if you're able to see the signs and interpret the signs and discern the signs. And that's why many times I'm not surprised when people come to me and they're 50 and they said, you know what? I always knew that I should be doing this at seven. I knew that I was gifted to do this at 10. Like you said, many times we forget what's um, what we already know to, to be true. And I tell my clients many times we have to unlearn and relearn. We have to unlearn what society said that we cannot do based on our culture, class, gender, faith, um, 
or any other types of limitations that society places on us. And then we have to learn who we are and learn how to navigate in this new understanding. So I think re unlearning and relearning is really important. And I think when people are committed to doing the work, to really, like you said, uncovering who they are, discovering who they are, that's where their strengths lies. The challenge is, though, is getting people to stay committed to that process. Yes. Times people come to to a coaching and they want quick answers. And I tell them, listen, it took you 50 years to get into this mess. It's not going to take you 50 minutes to get out of this mess. (laughs) Keeping people to be committed to continue to ask their questions and to go um, the full way. I know that probably from your own coaching business, sometimes I see people make great changes and great choices in their life, but they stop at 50% versus continuing on the journey to really see what total self-fulfillment looks like. So that's my, that's my challenge. I want people to, to see their genius, see their purpose, but continue the process so that they can understand the totality of who they are and not just get a glimpse of who they are. So that's the challenge that I find as a life coach, having people to stick and stay with the process so that they have 100% knowledge of who they are and what they can be first just a little bit. Because you know, just having a little bit of anything doesn't give you power. That's right. That's that's the, the challenge I see many times with many of my, um, my clients. How about you? Do you experience that many times with your clients also? Yeah, you know, I was going to say that uh, one of the quotes that I remember mostly from a speaker that I follow quite often, and that's Les Brown. And he says that the only difference between a dollar bill and a tree is the process. Mm. You know, and we get a dollar bill because the tree has to go through the process in order to produce a dollar bill. And so it's like that with our own personal lives. We have to be willing to go through the process in order to create and manifest the things that we want to desire in our lives. I agree. And I think the challenge is, is that the process sometimes um, involves pain. That's right. And people are, uh, I find in my coaching practice, it's the pain that makes people run. And I say, just go through the pain because the prize is at the end of the pain. But many times it's painful to, to understand or to realize you've been living a lie or it's painful to see that you have been playing yourself short or it's been a painful to see that you've been walking around in insecurity and feeling inferior. That's painful because you is sometimes the hardest person to look in the mirror is at yourself because the biggest uh, room for improvement is your own life. And so that's what I find with my clients to to look at the pain, to assess the pain and to move through it. Because I find many times they want to leap over the pain, but then the pain keeps showing up. I tell people pain takes a lot of energy and a lot of space up in your life. Let's process it and face the bullies because your pain can bully your life. And you don't realize that you're making bad decisions or you keep making, are you making bad choices? Are you picking bad partners in your life because the pain is driving your behavior versus you driving your behavior? And so that's the challenge with me, getting people to, to go through the, the process and to be okay with the pain. I tell people, if you want to grow, you have to expect and respect pain. Expect it and respect it. It's part of the process. But the journey is so worthwhile. Awesome. 
And so while we're talking about pain, you know, I think that many times we have a tendency to only highlight, you know, the great things about our lives, the great things about our businesses, the great things about our careers. But we very rarely talk about the struggles and the obstacles that many of us have had to go through or sacrifice in order to get where we are. And so what's been the biggest obstacle that you've had to overcome in following your passion? That's a good question. I think for me, my biggest obstacle was fear of failure. I think many times um, as a black woman, we hit so many glass ceilings in the church and as well as in corporate America. And I had at some time in my life, in my mid-20s, had to struggle to believe my power, to believe in my genius, to believe in my brilliance. And it was really difficult because many times I doubted myself because I didn't see other women like me in the positions doing what I wanted to do. I didn't see any examples. I was not exposed to excellence in the form of a black woman. I knew there existed. I just didn't have access to them. And so many times I, I, I would shrink my genius to make men uh, feel better or white men feel better. And so I sold myself short and I didn't go after many of the opportunities because I didn't believe in myself. But when I start understanding my own power and really starting to see that I was just as smart as somebody else, I had my skills. Not only was I smarter, but being a black and being a woman has equipped me in ways that don't equip other people. So I was able to use those as strengths versus looking at how society saw me as impediments to my success. So I think fear of failure is, is, is real. And I think when people say, oh, I was, I, I was never scared to be an entrepreneur, that's a lie. And I think you, you feel the fear and face it and use that fear to make you wiser, to make you research more, to make you more deliberate, to make you more discerning. So I, I was able to use that fear after I learned how to, to be at, to be. Uh, to coexist with it, to use it for my good. So I think fear of failure was something that uh, initially, honestly, kind of derailed me a little bit. But I, I was able to to look at it and to use it versus letting fear use me. Yeah, I like what Joyce Meyer says all the time about fear. She says, feel the fear, but do it anyway. Yes, yes. I think that is so, in, so important, especially when you are trying to transform your life. I think Anytime something is new, it's scary. And um, and I think that what I have tried to do and also try to encourage my clients to do is to be okay with it and know that you're going to be uncomfortable. Expect and accept that discomfort is part of the process. And I think when you expect to be uncomfortable, you don't try to run from it. You know what I'm saying? Everybody wants certainty and everybody wants familiarity, but you can't have those familiarity and certainty if you want to grow. So I think that that is one of the challenges that all of us have on some level, but some of us are just better at navigating it or we have had more experience navigating it. But I think that is such a place of power when you can feel it and still move forward. Wow. What such um, vibrant information that we have going on on today. We're going to take a quick commercial break for about 30 seconds and we'll be right back speaking with uh, Sharon Jamison, who is offering us some great, great advice and some opportunities to begin to think about how do we begin to truly live on purpose. Are you a corporate executive or career professional who's ready to take your life back? 
ready to take your time back and you've thought about becoming a coach, a speaker, a trainer or consultant in your own business. Well, I want to invite you to schedule a brand maximization discovery session so that I can help you to uncover that expertise and learn how to properly package yourself in an online based business. I'm Markeith Brayton, personal brand strategist and master lifestyle coach, who's all about helping corporate executives and career professionals to maximize and monetize their personal brand online so that they can create a location-free business and live the life that they crave. What I know for sure is that you want to be doing something that's fulfilling and that's exciting and that provides great value to the world. You want to make a greater impact on the lives of individuals. And you know that if you keep doing what you've always done, you'll always get the results that you've always gotten. So schedule a brand maximization discovery session by going to my website, markeithbrayton.com forward slash consultation. That's markeithbrayton.com forward slash consultation. And let's maximize and monetize your personal brand. Welcome back. We just got finished talking about how to overcome fear and obstacles with Sharon Jamison. She was sharing some powerful words of encouragement and how she overcome her fear and how she had to press past those fears. And so we're just going to continue on with our conversation, Sharon, as we kind of move into some more in-depth conversation about how we can help some individuals begin to take some steps towards manifesting their own personal purpose and dreams. So where do I start if I know that I'm not living my purpose and doing work that I'm truly passionate about? That's a good question. Marquise, I think it starts with a personal self-assessment. And the question that I start with my clients is, I ask them, are you doing what you want to do or are you doing, no, I'm sorry, are, do you, are you doing what you want to do or are you just doing what you know to do? Mm. And that's a hard question because sometimes people are just doing what they know to do and, and they, they fall into this routine and habits and they're not happy. They're not fulfilled. They don't feel like they're being total, totally um, able to self-actualize. I think when we do our personal assessment, that's where we get clarity I ask my clients three different questions. One, what makes you tick? Meaning, what energizes you? What what motivates you? What inspires you? What do you love to do? Second question is, what makes you sick? What makes you feel, what type of temperaments or environments feel suffocating or limiting? And then, what makes you stick? What what are some things that you would do and stay committed to? And in those three simple questions, I have them put information in three columns so they can do this basic, basic type of self-assessment. Because I think so many times people come to me and they want changes, but they just start, they jump in and start doing a whole bunch of things. And then they get upset because they're not moving forward in their life. And I tell them, listen, if you don't know where you're going, anywhere will get you there. So we try to do the self-assessment, see what's going on. And then we move from idea to implementation Versus just to be an enthusiastic. And because many times enthusiasm is one thing, but enthusiasm without execution gets you nowhere. So I really try to help people work with people to to try to get clarity about really what do you want and also why? Because I tell people and I try to explain to people, 
why has to be big enough and so compelling enough to drive your behavior when you're sick of doing it. When, when you are tired, when you are frustrated, when you feel like you're failing, your why has to be something to be your guiding light, your shining star to keep you on the path. And so I think the first, first and most important um, element to finding your purpose is self-assessment. And with the understanding that self-assessment is something you have to constantly do, because as you grow and as you learn and as you evolve, your 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 choices and your decisions may change because you're renewing who you are. We're, if you're the same way you are now that you were a year ago, that's a problem. You should have had at least some type of new thought, new idea, new way of, of, of uh, analyzing something, new perception. Growth is a constant. It's a process. And, and I think if we can get um, people to do that, self-reflection, that self-introspection, that self-discovery, it really helps people to continue to process um, uh, unimpeded. So that's what I try to do with many of my clients. How about you? I think that, you know, you're right. You know, that term clarity continues to come up. And then you said asking yourself that why question. You know, and when I got laid off my job last year in April, I had clarity on what I did well. I had clarity on what I believed my purpose and my passion was. And then I understood my why um, for not getting another nine to five. And I wanted to have the time independence. I wanted to be location independent. I wanted to control more of my life because something I realized after I got laid off and it'll be a year, April the 4th, I realized how much time I gave to somebody else to build their dream while mine was only being built part time. Yeah. And, and I really wasn't getting where I wanted to get to because by the time I would get home after working nine, 10 hour days, I was too tired to really work on my dream. Sure. You know, and so my why was so strong that I've been able to weather the storms in this last 12 months. You know, I've been been willing to make certain sacrifices, been willing to go without certain things because I wanted to control more of my life. And then I also wanted to do this because I knew that my mother was getting older and reaching retirement age. And so I wanted to do something that would allow me the opportunity to make my finances to be unlimited, that the, my finances were only limited to my uh, my ability or inability to do what I needed to do to make it happen. You know, and so my why was that I wanted to be sure that I had the opportunity and the time to take care of my mother as she was getting older. And if there was anything that she needed, I wanted to make sure that I had the ability to provide that for her without her having to worry about a fixed income. And so I really understand, you know, having clarity of purpose and knowing your why. Um, I heard this saying in, I think it's Simon Sinek's book, and he says that people don't buy what you do. They buy why you do it. They they want to know the story behind why you're so passionate about what you do. I agree. It is so interesting. First, I I need to take you to train my son. (laughs) (laughs) I only have one child. He's 21. And and um, I, I hope my I hope I have raised him in a space 
and in a way that he he honors me like you're honoring your mom. So that just speaks highly of your mom and highly of who you are in the world. And and uh, just congratulations for just having that desire to do that. I just honor you and celebrate you for that. Thank you. Yeah, I, I think what what's really so difficult to, to that I had to really understand is that I think that I did not learn a lot about entrepreneurship. And I was taught you go to college, you get a good job and you work there. Um, and and like you, I gave so much of my my time away to 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 the pharmaceutical industry. And then I woke up and my son had graduated from high school. Mm. So my, my why now and, and, and then not only that, but I two failed marriages because I was chasing promotions versus chasing my purpose. And so after two failed marriages, not really spending time with my only son, um, I had to hit rock bottom emotionally and spiritually and realize I did not nurture relationships that I should have nurtured. Um, and now I'm 50 and I'm, and I'm lonely, but I did it to myself because just like you said, I was chasing um, dollars and chasing promotions. I was chasing the, the corporate carrot versus understanding that's not what I really wanted. Mm-hmm. And that's comes back from knowing your value. I think when you understand, a person understands their value, they won't look for outside signs of power and prestige and any type of vestiges of prosperity outside from a different, another entity. And I think that that's what happens many times in corporate America. And so many of my clients, Marquise, are around my age, that 50-year-old age, and they're like, oh, my God, what did I do? Now they're lonely, divorced, no relationships. And we're finding ourselves in this place, this place because we believe what, what society said in the 1980s. You work, 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 and you can have it all. You cannot have it all at the same time. That's right. At, you know, all of us are 50 and we're single and divorced and, you know, not good relationship with our kids because we were doing what we thought was the right thing to do. So I encourage people who are in their 20s and 30s, have balance. Don't don't do what I did. Have balance. Have a marriage. Have a faith. Take care of your body. Take care of your kids. You only get one life. And, and when the company uh, says you're laid off, you're laid off. They don't care what type of sacrifices that you have made and you realize what matters after the fact. And so that's something that I'm very passionate about because I have seen so many people um, sacrifice their lives for the corporate agenda. And then you find out they're 50 and they have nothing around them and no one around them to love them. That's a terrible price to pay. But if you don't know any better, you'll keep doing what society has designated or has glorified really as as the good life. But but that's not a way to live. That's not. And that's very good advice. I always like to advise my clients. I say that many of us, we go to school and we, we get the bachelor's degree. And then, of course, that was not enough anymore. You have to go get a master's degree. And, you know, and now people are striving to get a doctorate degree. And, and then we get a job and we do all that we can to climb the corporate ladder. And then we get into our 50s at retirement age and we get to the top of the ladder. And we only realized that the ladder that we got to the top of was leaning against the wrong wall. Yes, I love that. Yes, yes, yes. And then we want to make changes. And that's why I know in my in my practice, I see people making career changes and different choices at 50. And I help them navigate that. It's so interesting, Marquise. I have um, one of my clients is a neurologist and she absolutely hates it. 
hates it. However, she, her challenge is, how do I change who I am? Because my family is so proud of me for being, you know, mm. and society expects me to love my job, but I hate it. So now I'm 50. How? So now I'm helping her uh, navigate that really is an emotional and, and spiritual place to say, I don't care what's important to you. This is not serving me. This is not fulfilling me. This is not satisfying me. And you'd be surprised how many times when people know what they're doing in their heart is something that they don't want to do, but how difficult it is to stand up to yourself and your family and say, you know what? I hate this. I don't want to do it. And I find so many people who are in their 40s, late 40s and 50s changing careers. I mean, giving up big money because like you said, the ladder was leaning on the wrong wall. And that's why I'm so passionate about helping people navigate those transitions because they're difficult. They're scary. They're they're um, they're, they're they are not consistent. And how do you navigate uh, a change when you have to really restructure, like you just said, with your life and redesign your whole life. It's scary. But what's more scary is waking up at 65 and 75 and you're, and you're unhappy. Because when you get to 50, you have really lived your best life. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Your, your days are shorter, are already ordered in number. So if you're going to make a change, it's now or never. And many of my clients will tell you, you know what, Sharon? I hate my job or I hate my marriage or I hate my faith or I'm not, I don't want to be, you know, Christianity doesn't align with me. I think I want to be Buddhist. People make drastic changes, but it looks like they're drastic, but they're really not. They already felt that at 20, 30 and 40. It looks like drastic at 50 because they finally got the courage to make it. They just don't wake up one day and say, you know what? I don't like my profession. They knew it at 20, but they didn't have the courage to make the change. Right. that's what I, I'm really passionate about because it's difficult. But I honor people, I celebrate people, and I and I walk with people because sometimes the journey takes longer. Sometimes you have to untangle your life and also untangle everybody's perspective and perception of who you are and redefine yourself. And that takes a moment. It really does. Wow. Great, great, great energy here today. Great energy. And so after we have, you know, done the work, as Iyanla Venzant will say, you have to do the work. And after we have done some introspection and really gotten on purpose, there are habits and practices that we all need to implement in order to keep ourselves motivated and inspired. And so what is your number one ritual or practice you have that keeps you motivated in your life and in your work? Uh, good question. What keeps me centered is prayer um, and meditation. Um, and I find that as I, I can be scattered because they're so you, we're bombarded by messages. We're bombarded by expectations. And we were bombarded by being a sandwich generation. You know, I have my son on one side and two sick parents on the other side. And what I need to do every day is to pray and center myself so that I can take all my power and harness it in a way for my for something productive. If not, I feel scattered. I have to pray in the morning. I take time in the middle of the day to meditate. And then I at the end of every night, I pray also. But I also make a list because many times if you don't really look at what you want to accomplish every day, the day gets away from you and you realize it's eight o'clock, nine o'clock. And you have not done anything to forward your dream. You have done nothing to live your life on purpose. You have done nothing to move your business forward. 
So I really try to make lists, and you know, the lists are flexible, you know, because life happens. That to be able to deal with the vicissitudes of life, you know, their life is full of uh, transitions, and um, and having trans so many transitions, not only in the corporate world, but with my business and with my personal life, with my parents who've been sick. I, if I'm not grounded, everything falls apart. So I try to make sure I stay grounded, um, and prayer does that for me. Prayer and meditation is very important to me. I've recently been reading Hal Elrod's book, The Morning Miracle or Miracle Mornings. And it's awesome, awesome book that gives you some insight on how to really spend the first 60 minutes of your day and how the first 60 minutes of your day really dictates the rest of your day. And so I take about an hour and a half in the morning to get my day started with prayer, meditation, reading, exercise, and then uh, scribing, writing in a journal, just to kind of get my day started, to get my thoughts flowing, to get a greater perspective of my day so that I could spend time doing those priority things that will bring me the most joy and happiness. So that's definitely a great advice. I I love that you said joy and happiness. And I, I love that you say that because I think many times those joy, contentment, happiness always seem to take a backseat to profitability and productivity. And, um, and I think productivity and profitability are important. I'm not saying they're not. But if you are getting profitable and you're doing something that brings you no joy, really, what life is that? So I love that you say try to find what gives you joy because when you, when you have joy in your heart or when you feel like you are doing something that makes you happy and makes your heart sing, I feel like everything else will fall in line. You can you can have you can make less money if your heart is singing. You know what I'm saying? You can you can have less perks if your heart is singing. So I tell people and I if for, even for myself, let my heart sing because when my heart's singing, you gonna give up a lot of other uh, um, outside um, influences or outside um, accumulations of success when you know that you're successful in your heart. And I think that is the the, the highest level of success is feeling joy and contentment. So I really love that you said that. And that's something I'm going to check out this book. Thanks so much for that. It's called How Elrod is the author and it's called The Miracle Morning. I'm going to get that book. Thank you so much for that. You're welcome. And so as we talk about rituals and practices, you know, what is one online resource or website or tool that has helped you to enhance your life or enhance your business in, in as far as it pertains to maybe productivity? Wow. It's interesting. Um, one of the things that helps me, um, just because I, I find sometimes as life coaches, we, we work in some in silos many times. I, I really like to go on Facebook. Uh, it helps me be productive in a different way. I love to be in groups where there are like-minded people who are committed to excellence, committed to entrepreneurship, and committed to self-discovery. And hear their words, hear their uh, their chats, uh, sharing resources, sharing books like you just shared with me, sharing uh, tips and motivations and quotes. That is really a resource that makes me more productive because anything that gives me new insight, anything that where I can learn where a person had 
uh, a mishap so I don't do what they did is helpful. So the Facebook groups, not just any group, but groups that are dedicated to success and entrepreneurs and and really living your life calling, just to check in sometimes for, you know, 20 minutes a day and, and learn and, um, from some of the things that they're doing in their practices. I find that to be very helpful because to me, I believe that all learning and healing happens best in community. And that community setting is really helpful since many times I work one-on-one with my clients or I work on, you know, webinars or things like that, or even at church, you know, but um, I, I can go online and have a degree of, um, of being um, anonymous, if you will, and, and get information that's helpful. Because many times as a minister, you pour out, you pour into people that sometimes we don't uh, get opportunities for people to pour into us. So it lets me be anonymous to go in there, get the information that I need and uh, feel connected uh, to the community and connected to collective intelligence. I think collective intelligence is so, so important in this industry. And uh, so that's really helps me. It makes me productive, but in a very different way. It makes my soul more, makes my spirit more productive. And if my soul and spirit are productive, that's when I can be more productive, but also uh, financially profitable. Awesome. Now, what books have have had the biggest impact on you and what are you currently reading now? Uh, I love first. I love any I love uh, reading the Bible. Because I feel like er- there's so much wisdom and and um, principles that really all the other books are written from. So I really enjoy that. But I really love um, books by Brene Brown about da- uh, daring greatly mm-hmm. to you know, not uh, just living your purpose and not living on the sidelines of life. I love anything by John Maxwell. Uh, he has a way of... Um, telling stories and teaching things that you already know, but he says it in a different way that's really profound and it resonates with me. And I love, um, and I read uh, anything from Ayana Vincent. I really love her way that she can pierce through my soul and speak to my soul. So I find myself reading three different types of books. One is what I call my spiritual edification books. And then secondly, um, I like to read business books, just business principles, but then also I like to read things that help me uh, get out of my own way because many times I don't see my fear. I don't see my shame. I don't see my guilt surfacing. And um, and reading anything by Brene Brown helps me see how sometimes I'm, I'm playing on the sidelines. I think I'm in the game, but sometimes I'm on the sidelines. And, and sometimes by reading her work, it helps me see that I need to step up my game. But she does it in a very non-threatening way for you to see yourself. And so those are the books that I spend a lot of time on now. Um, and those are the authors I absolutely love just because of the work that I do. And when you're dealing with transformation, the, uh, making sure that you understand what it means to push yourself into those, uh, to those comfort zones, but also be able to speak to the person's heart and their spirit. Um, because if you can't speak to their spirit, if you can't, hello, oh, we got cut off for a second. Oh, I'm sorry. I was just saying it's really important to, to, to work on spirit and and I I think spiritual wellness is connected to emotional wellness and emotional wellness is connected to physical wellness and physical wellness is connected to financial wellness. Really love reading anything by Brene Brown and she does periodically does webinars that I, I love to uh, participate in because I love to to be in a group setting. I think you learn not only from 
who's ever speaking, but you learn from the participants. And I believe in collective knowledge. And I think um, I will always advise people to do both types of learning. One-on-one with your clients, of course, is very helpful. But I also think learning in a group setting so you can see that you're not alone and your issues are not just your issues. You can see that other people have had similar circumstances and they have been able to overcome those obstacles. I think that's very, very empowering on so many different levels. Yes, yes. Wow. This has been a powerful, powerful podcast. A couple of more questions before we end today's show. What's one exciting thing going on in your business right now that you're really excited about? Uh, I'm excited about, I'm really starting to do more webinars. It's just really interesting. I initially started doing one-on-ones and I absolutely love that. But it's something about being in a webinar or a live event where you see people healing each other, seeing people talking to each other and motivating each other. And I think it's so critical because after the seminar is over, people pair up with each other and they can act as each other's accountability partners. So I'm excited about some of the live events that I'm doing um, in um, in April and May. I'm doing many events around my new book called I Have Learned a Few Things. And that book is a book of 45 chapters. But after every chapter is a minimum of 10 questions that I really highlight so people can look at their lives and look how they view love and business and success. And I'm excited about um, because I've developed programs and trainings around uh, my my book, my new book. So I'm really excited about doing a lot of webinars and a lot of live events this year Um, and and moving a little bit away from the VIP uh, sessions, because I, I it's something about being in that group setting that elevates the entire team that you don't get alone. I think, you know, one on one is great, but it's something about when when people are winning together. Um, and, and they are committed to winning as together and, and improving together. It does something that elevates everyone. And I really not only enjoy seeing it, I enjoy being a, a part of it. So I'm really excited about my the new um, the vision of doing more of that in 2015 for my business. So how can the listening audience find you online? Yes, they can find me on my website, www.sharonjamison.com. And that's S-H-A-R-R-O-N-J-A-M-I-S-O-N.com. My book's online. They can learn more about my programs. Most of my, I do VIP programs. I do relationship intensives. I do coaching programs. One is called The Heal Method. I do a program called You Can Depend on You. They can find out about all of my programs on my website, as well as they can Facebook me and Twitter me. Everything is my name, Sharon Jameson. And if they can connect with me, I absolutely love connecting back with people. And I'd be more than happy to uh, email them or connect with them on Twitter or Facebook or whatever uh, social media vehicle is best for them. So yes, Sharon Jameson, if they can remember that, you can catch me at uh, all the different types of social media vehicles. And I look forward to connecting with people. Wow. What a great episode. Sharon definitely has the energy, brings the energy and lays it down. Awesome, awesome, awesome episode. She gave us some great valuable things to think about as it pertains to our purpose. You know, and I really believe that you cannot have enough conversation around following your purpose and realizing your purpose and living on purpose because I think it's so important for us to align ourselves with the very thing, the calling 
the significance, the impact, the purpose that we were designed to live and to carry out. So I thank you for joining me again this week for another Rewind episode. We will continue to do these the rest of the year just because this gives me an opportunity to work on a brand new season as we prepare to go into the next year. So I hope that you really got something out of this episode and go and do a rating and review. Go rate and review in iTunes. I always love to read those reviews and I am always excited to see those ratings as well. I look forward to sharing with you again next week another Rewind episode. But until then, just remember this. Always shoot for the top because it's the bottom that's overcrowded.